Thank you so much for joining us on Silently Bleeding, Hope for the Pastor's Wife. Today, our guest is Kimberly Morris. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you. It is such an honor to be with you today. Awesome. Kimberly, where did you grow up? I grew up in Eastern Washington and uh, met my husband when we were 15 years old, and we have been in ministry together ever since. And uh, this summer, we celebrated 20th wedding anniversary and our 40th birthdays because we have the same birthday. Wow, that's amazing. So happy anniversary and happy birthday to you both. Thank you. Thank you. So it doesn't take long to do the math on how how long we've been in ministry together. (laughs) What is your story? Well, you know, we've been in pastoral ministry for almost 20 years and we were at a place that we really loved. We were really enjoying it. And, you know, everybody has their ups and downs in ministry, but really God has given us a lot of favor over the years. But a couple of years ago, the Lord began stirring our hearts and telling us that he was going to be sending us into a tough assignment. It was going to involve ministering in a new church and a new kind of community. And I was very resistant to that idea at first, because honestly, I just liked where we were and I didn't want to leave. And then of course, when the Lord tells you it's going to be a tough assignment, you know, that that's hard. That's hard. Um, but it's, I have walked with Jesus enough and most people have to know that it's always worth it to obey even if it's a tough assignment, it's why he gives us his Holy Spirit to empower us. And so we stepped into that assignment um, and it did not take long to realize it was indeed a very tough assignment. What was one of the hardest things about that assignment? You know, uh, there were a lot of landmines. When we were first, I remember that very, very first week as we were moving into it and as we were settling into our new home, calling family members and saying, would you pray with us? Because we believe that there are some landmines and we would like for the Lord to to show those to us, expose them to us quickly so that we don't step on them and something worse happens. Mm -hmm. And boy, it did not take long. Honestly, some of them presented before we even stepped into that role. And then they just began appearing left and right. And that kind of thing drew us so deep into a prayer closet and seeking the Lord and saying, how do you really want us to lead? And a lot of times his answers surprised us. Hmm. A lot of times his answers defied what, you know, good leadership techniques would say. And yet we know the voice of the Lord and we knew he was leading us. And so we, I, I would have to go to my husband and I would say, are you sure, are you sure this is how God is wanting us to respond to these situations? And over and over, he'd say, you know, Kimberly, I have been praying about this for hours today. I have been praying about this for weeks. I've been even praying about this for months. And I have no doubt in my mind that this is what God is telling us to do. And as a pastor's wife, you relinquish a lot of control. You're not the one sitting in the meetings all the time. You're not the one making announcements from the pulpit necessarily. You're not the one in the coffee shop conversations or the phone calls or whatever. And and you're just kind of having to take your hands off, pray like crazy, encourage your husband to obey the voice of the Lord, even when it it it, it looks like it's blowing up in your face. Um, and in the end, it blew up in a really big way. <laughs> 
nine months in, uh, the Lord ended up releasing us from that assignment, but it was not without tremendous difficulty and um, honestly devastation to a lot of relationships and um, in many ways to our reputation even. And yet we knew we had obeyed. So what is something you feel you've learned in this process? Oh my goodness. You know, we don't have time for that answer. Not even close. (laughs) And I think that that's usually what people would end up saying in these situations. But there are four questions that emerged very, very clearly for me um, that I had to ask that encouraged me a lot and that I think would encourage other women who are maybe in a similar situation where it's like, wait a minute, I think I really believe I heard from God, but this does not look like it's working out. And the first one is, is this something we see happen in scripture? You know, from Genesis four onward, we do not see a ton of instances where someone obeys and then it just immediately works out perfectly. They're there, they're there. And we love those stories, but we also see Abel getting killed (laughs) for, for offering the right sacrifice. We see Job, we see Abraham, Joseph, Elijah, Jeremiah, all the prophets, really all of them and the disciples you know, the apostles persecuted, murdered, you know, all of these things for obeying and for doing the right thing. And Hebrews 11 gives us so much, so much of how God is faithful to people who obey and trust, even when it seems like it's blowing up in their faces. Um, Number two, I had to ask myself, well, do I deserve better treatment than these real historical figures of scripture? Mm. No, I don't. And, and I think sometimes we can get a little bit jealous when we hear these amazing stories. And I'm glad we hear these stories of, you know, it was really hard, but I obeyed and then God did this miracle and everything worked out perfect. And now look what is happening and what a wonderful thing. And it's hard when you're sitting there and you're like, okay, yeah, everything was hard. I obeyed. And now it looks like my life is ruined. And it's not ruined. I'm only 40 and I believe there's more to this story, but um, no, I don't deserve better. I don't deserve better. Three, why might a sovereign God tell me to do something and then allow it to not work out well? What does that even accomplish? Well, James one, two through four says it tests our faith so that God can do something even greater in us. You know, he's going to develop a perseverance in me. He's going to make me more mature. He's going to make me more complete. And he promises that I'm not going to lack anything. Um, Peter, you know, Peter was told by Jesus, you're not going to like where I lead you. But he's the one who said in first Peter six through seven, in all this, you greatly rejoice though. Now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor. When Jesus Christ is revealed, refining is not fun, but that's a very, very good result that I can look at and I can say, well, this is why God would do this. And number four, is there anything in my life that has invited this result? Now, there were a lot of people in our lives who, honestly, this happened even just yesterday, who have questioned, maybe God didn't really lead you. 
you know, maybe you're the one who misheard. Maybe you didn't obey correctly and, um, and really cast doubt on that. And when that happens once it's one thing, but when it happens, you know, along over a long period of time, that can be very, very challenging. And I tend to look back at my life. The first thing we tend to jump to is, well, I must have sinned. And every time we would go to the Lord and say, did we blow it? Did we really, did we fail? And he would assure us. And we were sleeping great at night. <laughs> like we'd lay our head down on the pillow and he'd say, you obeyed. I'm with you. It's all going to be okay. And then we would sleep really well. <laughs> and the Lord took me back to some times in my life, very specific times when I asked for him to use me, however he wanted to use me. When I asked him to sanctify me, when I asked him to make me to be the person that he wants me to be. And even when he challenged me to ask him to refine me. And that's a difficult request. But he reminded me of those things. And he said, basically, you were willing. And so I've answered your prayer. And, And I know that he does not do that to be mean. He's a good God. He does that so that he can accomplish something in us and through us for his kingdom. That's going to be of greater worth than gold. Yes, that's so good. So good. So did you and your husband, were you able to stand strong together through this whole process? Yeah, actually, that's one of the things that I think has come out more beautiful than ever. I I think that right now our marriage is more enjoyable. It's closer it's stronger than it at any point in our 20 years of marriage and so yes very much and I I'm so grateful for a husband who has been determined to follow the Lord and to let him use this situation and he's a faith guy and I really appreciate that sometimes that's freaked me out in the past like (laughs) could you please take a few less risks? <laughs> you know, and, and he'd just look at me like, but God's calling us to this. Why not? You know, and, and it would always end up working out in the end. And, and it would just, I, I tended to be a worrier. And that's one of the things I realized changed the most about me. A couple of months ago, we were talking with a friend and I said, oh, I can worry with the best of them, which is something I've joked about my whole life. And all of a sudden my husband just kind of wrinkled his nose and he went, not anymore. That's not you anymore. And it hit me so hard. No, that is something God has really refined in me. I can't remember the last time in a year that I have worried, like worried. Have I been concerned about things? Yes. Yes. We've had some kind of weighty things we've had to deal with and, but worry. No, I really sleep great at night. (laughs) So God used it for good things for our marriage and for our kids. So for that pastor's wife that's watching right now, and she's going through a refiner's fire, what word of encouragement do you have for her today, Kimberly? Keep going, keep hanging on. God is so good. And you don't see the purpose when you're right in the midst of it, but you can trust that he does not lie. So when he says, I'll use this for your good and my glory, he means it. He really means it. And you're not alone. Many, many, many women and men and everybody, you know, who have submitted their lives. This is submission. This is asking the Lord to use us. And it's a privilege and it's a high honor. And God does 
good, beautiful things with that request to be used of him. So you're going to be okay. You're going to be better. You're going to be better. So good. In closing, tell us, what are you guys doing now? Well, we are getting ready to, you know, one of the things God's refined is just the way we do ministry. <laughs> and um, we're, we feel like we've just completed a 20 year prologue to really like the good stuff that God's getting ready to lead us into. And I can't share a whole lot about it, but I can tell you that we're, we're laying the foundation right now for a new kind of ministry. And um, we believe that he's leading us to plant churches. And so we're very, very excited about that. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for being with us today. And thank you, sweet woman of God, for joining us. We trust this has encouraged you. If you have any prayer requests, I'll leave our email address and you can email me and I will get back with you as quickly as possible. God bless my friend. Thank you for watching Silently Bleeding, Finding Hope for the Pastor's Wife. I look forward to connecting with you. Feel free to leave me comments down below and make sure and subscribe. If you want to know every time a new video is coming out, hit the bell. I would be so delighted if you would also hit the like button and feel free to share this video with anyone you know that this would encourage. Blessings, my friend.